This is a trigger warning that the following podcast talks about eating disorders. If this affects you, please see the show notes for resources. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to season two of Eat with Ali. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea what matters about seasons. It comes up on my podcast when I try to like submit the episode. It says like, what episode number is this and what season? So I decided just after every 10 episodes, it will be a new season. So hello and welcome to season two. Today's episode is going to be all about relapsing. So we're going to go over what it is. We're going to define relapse how to prevent relapsing, and then also what to do if you do relapse. So maybe there's some things that you've been feeling recently. Maybe you have tried to recover and you are on your recovery journey, but there's some sort of unhelpful thoughts that you keep having that kind of drive you back towards wanting to relapse and go back to your eating disorder. This definitely happened to me. Like something major that I started to think when I was recovering was that oh, my body is changing. I hate it. I hate it. I'm getting so big. Not true. My body was just getting healthy again. But at that stage, before I had relapsed, I did not link mental health to eating disorders. So although I was physically stopping the binging and the purging, I wasn't fixing my mental side to things. So when I was having these thoughts and seeing my body as not what it was, because I hadn't truly discovered self-love yet, When I would say that my body was changing, aka healing, I couldn't accept it in a positive way. This is comes back and links into the body dissatisfaction episode. But yeah, it had a lot to do with my mental health and just how I saw myself. So even though I was healing and recovering physically, I wasn't curing the mental side to things, which is why I relapsed. So we're going to go over everything today. And I just want you to understand that relapsing does happen to a lot of people during their recovery. And that is okay. We will go over things that you actually learn from your relapse and you can take on as a learning experience rather than put yourself down for, you know, going back to the binging and the purging or whatever your eating disorder may have to do with. Just remember that it is a temporary setback. This does not mean anything is permanent and it does not mean that you can't do it again. You will learn so much in the period between you trying to recover and the possible relapse. Relapsing is not something to put yourself down for. It is actually a way for you to improve, figure out what triggered you to relapse and learn from that and get even better next time. You will become stronger every time you can take a lesson out of a situation. And that is up to you. Remember, a pen is mightier than a sword, meaning that you will actually learn more than putting yourself down and giving yourself shit for just fucking trying. Okay, so that's why... The pen is mightier than the sword. The pen is you learning and improving. And the sword is you beating yourself down for just trying and stepping out of your comfort zone. 
So fuck off that sword. Anyways, a quick shout out to all of the wonderful people that have sent me a DM about them now having told someone about their eating disorder. Wow, that is amazing. Some of you mentioned that it's a bit of a confusing but relieving time for you because you've never said it aloud before. Can relate. That is okay. It just means that you have literally just stepped out of your comfort zone and you're in a whole new world. You just Aladdined yourself. You're both characters. Your strength and your courage is Aladdin showing you this whole new world that you've just discovered because you put yourself out there and you told someone your struggles. And that is very brave and very powerful and I'm so proud of you all. You're shining, you're shimmering, you're splendid. Gosh, I love singing. Now let's get into what I'm proud of myself for this week. Guess what? I bought my car. Well, technically I'm getting it tomorrow. I'm recording this on a Friday and tomorrow's Saturday, obviously. I'm getting it then and I will be no longer carless, which is really exciting. And I cannot wait to just be able to have a car, I guess. Not excited for the bill side to things, but yeah, it will be good to just be able to drive around normally again. I barely even need to use a car. Like everything is mostly conveniently near me, but I was avoiding buying a car because I'm afraid or I was afraid of getting fucked over again. But it's okay because we can live and we can learn and I've done things differently this time. (sighs) Unfortunately, I did not get the color that I would have liked, but there we go. That's what I did last time and we all saw where that ended up. So I bought the car and it is apparently, allegedly a good car and we'll see how that goes. I'll let you know when, no, I should say, if I have troubles. I do trust who I bought it from though, so I have hope. But yes, I'm just happy that I finally got that car, chose one, didn't fuck around trying to, you know. So I stepped out of my comfort zone, bought the car that I feared to get, and now I can't fear it anymore. So yeah, just stay tuned if there has any problems. But otherwise, that is what I'm proud of this week. What are you? So to get started with today's episode, we're going to first just go over exactly what relapsing is and why it shouldn't be feared. Besides the fact that we should be thinking with love and not thinking with fear, obviously it is a bit of a scary thing to think that I have, you know, gone through all of these hard, negative, you know, eating disorder thoughts that is telling me to go vomit and I'm refusing to vomit, which shows your strength, first of all. But you've gone through all of these very difficult difficult emotional thoughts and it sent you back to relapsing maybe you fear that you're not strong enough or maybe you're telling yourself that you're not strong enough because you relapsed that is not true relapsing is a very common part of the recovery process you're actually learning to manage your eating habits and figuring out your triggers what made you relapse So instead of looking at it as a failure, you should actually look at relapsing as an experience for you to learn from. So you want to figure out, we'll go into this in detail later on, but you figure out exactly what it is that made you want to relapse, leading to relapsing, and then figuring out how to overpower that next time, getting rid of those triggers, or learning how to deal with these anxious thoughts that you may have. A little hint, self-love has a lot to do with it as well, of course. So something that will help you instead of fearing relapse, which once again, we're trying not to fear, but just try to acknowledge that relapsing is possible and it's not something to frown upon and especially not consider can happen. 
I didn't think it would happen. I was like, yes, I've gone all this time without vomiting. I'll be fine. I'll be great. But no, like I had a lot to discover still, especially about the mental health side to things. So when I did relapse, it brought me down a lot because I was I felt so guilty that I had I had gone back to this bad stage in my life. So I believe it would be very beneficial if you acknowledge to yourself that relapsing is possible and if it comes it will be okay. You will be okay. So to get more onto a definition kind of basis of what relapsing actually is, it's been separated into like three concepts. Lapse relapse and collapse. So a lapse is when you have an isolated incident where you've taken part of a behavior. Example, you know, vomiting after trying to recover and not vomiting for however long you've been recovering for. So the beauty about a lapse is that if you acknowledge it straight away and you figure it out what it was that contributed to your lapse, it will help prevent you from taking part of this behavior again. So relapse is then when you've taken part of this behavior for a longer period of time. So not just an isolated incident, but it has happened more than once. So although it can be a little more difficult to get back on track, it doesn't mean it's impossible. I mean, think about it. Any habit that you formed in your head, if this is something you have taken part of every single day, it's way harder than stopping it compared to something that you've done once. And relapses often happen during stressful times or transitional periods. So especially like both of this has a lot to do with recovering. For me, as an example, the stress came from me seeing my body change, me just getting healthier. And the transitional period was me going from vomiting to not vomiting, getting rid of this horrible habit in my life. And collapse is when the individual has taken part of these behaviors and it has gotten too severe and out of hand that they can no longer contain this relapse. So we obviously don't want to get to this stage, but even if we do, it does not mean it is impossible to get back on track. A bit of extra help may just be needed, like going to see a professional or going to the hospital or some sort of rehab. We're trying to get your health better and whatever option and strategy needs to be taken from that And we will greet it with loving and open arms because we love support. So there are some common factors to consider that make the individual, I'm just going to say you, just so I can stick with the common addressing point. Okay, I'm not saying it's going to happen to you. So I'm going to go over some of the signs that could indicate that you could be on the way to relapsing. Keep in mind that if you feel any of these, it does not mean that you will relapse. However, it's just something to keep in mind and try to work on. Because I'm sure you will gather that these reasons and thought processes aren't a good thing anyways. And I have episodes on some of them as well. So go check it out and go work on it. Because remember, your mental and physical health is the most important thing ever. Because it will literally change the quality of your life. And we want to be happy. At least most of the time, because we all have our down days, but we learn from it, we improve from it. Literally, learning is the key. Always try to be a better version of yourself and always believe in yourself and your capability. So if you feel any of these signs that I'm about to mention, it is okay to ask for help. We're going to go over things to do to prevent for relapse, so just wait for that. But just keep in mind that it is okay to ask for help. So even if you've mentioned that you've begun your recovery journey, it is okay to be like... I'm in a bad place where I'm thinking of going back or I'm just not feeling great mentally or physically. It is okay to say that. Don't be afraid to ask for help. 
It works the same. Asking for help, it doesn't just have to be about telling someone that you have your eating disorder. The whole previous episode where I talk about asking someone for help, it is just as important to ask for help and tell someone that you are struggling when you are recovering, okay? It's not like you just can only say, I need help, I have an eating disorder, or I am struggling when you haven't told anyone yet. That asking for help applies for literally everything, not just even in the eating disorder category. So maybe you feel like you have one or maybe all of these signs. That is okay. Every individual has a different recovery process. So so maybe you feel all of these things and you don't have a relapse. Awesome. But also these things that we're talking about aren't the greatest thoughts to have. So we need to work on them just for you and your life and the way that you see yourself. So these are some signs to look out for. Having your thoughts always turn back to your weight and your relationship with food or just food in general. So somehow all of your thoughts lead back, especially the thoughts that you're having about yourself and the way that you look. They all lead back to this circle about you thinking about your weight and your food and consumption of food and just food in general. Another point is feeling this increasing need for control. This could be about anything. It could be about multiple things. Because remember, we felt that control when we would vomit out the food because, you know, we control we could control what stayed in our body. That wasn't the control. The control was when you stopped it and you started looking after yourself. But yes, so the sign is that you feel this increasing need to have control over something because especially during recovery, you were in a very vulnerable position. So you could be still struggling to fully 100% believe that the control is coming from elsewhere, not the purging. So you could be trying to seek more of that feeling of control and you're not normally going to be looking for that control in positive places. Another sign is that your perfectionist way of thinking is becoming stronger or it's returning. Another one is feeling this need to escape from stress and your problems rather than face it. The feeling of hopelessness and slash or increasing sadness. You having the increased belief that you can only be happy if you were thin and skinny. And the increasing belief that you are out of control if you are not on a quote-unquote diet. Because we've talked about diets. They're not always healthy. It depends on how you think about it and your intentions behind having a diet. Another sign is you being dishonest with, say, your psychologists or your friends or your family. Like the person you've told as well about your eating disorder. This is why it's important to still remain open to talking about what you're going through. Don't be afraid to ask for help because, you know, you even fear that they're going to think, oh my gosh, they weren't able to fully recover their thinking of relapsing. No, if they're thinking that, fuck them off. But most of the time, if you've chosen someone that you trust, they're going to want to support you again and obviously try to help you avoid relapsing again. Another sign is constantly looking in the mirrors or having very reduced portion sizes. Another sign is weighing yourself more and determining whether or not the day will be good depending on your weight. Another sign to look out for is avoiding certain food groups or just food in general, like a specific type of food, example pizza or something, whatever it is, or skipping meals. Also having the increasing need to exercise continually feeling guilt after eating, feeling the need to isolate yourself from those around you, especially when it comes to meals time. 
feeling like you're fat, even if no one has even said anything. It's just what you believe to be true. Another sign is if you give off the attitude that you're fine and nothing is wrong, which kind of ties into you not being completely open about you having these sort of relapsing thoughts. And another sign is you making excuses for not eating. All right, so let's go into some ways of preventing a relapse. So as a general kind of preparation factor, it is important to be prepared. Just acknowledge it. We talked about this just a bit earlier. Acknowledge that relapse is possible. So if it comes around, you're not like, what the, what the fuck, where did this come from? I didn't know this was a thing. Oh my goodness, I didn't think this would ever happen to me. Yada, yada. It is okay. It could be possible. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. But don't ignore the fact that it is possible. So I've gathered around six points as to ways you can try to avoid having a relapse. Number one, and and a lot of these, by the way, have things to do with what I did not do before I recovered. And these are stuff that I started to implement. And all of these points I started to implement after my relapse. So I didn't do it before. So number one is to obviously talk about it. I only talked about relapsing after it happened. I did not talk about the way that it made me feel. You know, like it's important to share all of your concerns and the anxieties and the fear and the guilt that you are having. So I felt most of those warning signs that I just mentioned and I didn't talk about it. I wasn't honest about it because I had that fear that if I was honest, I would seem weak and that I just, you know, I could not stick to not vomiting. And it's not true that I wasn't weak. It's a big change that is happening and habits are hard to get rid of. So it's not that you're weak. It's not that you aren't strong enough to handle this recovery period. It is just you getting used to this entire new world out there where you're not relying on your eating disorder. And that will take time. And I really do believe that if I talked about it, it would have helped me avoid relapsing. But I was too afraid to speak about it. So I want to make it very clear that it is okay to ask for help and share your concerns. Even if you've started your streak of not vomiting or whatever it is, it does not mean that you can now only commit to that and that you cannot share what you are currently feeling and experiencing because that could be the difference between you relapsing and you avoiding the relapse. So the next point is something that you can try to write down. It'd be best to write it down somewhere, even if it's on your phone notes, just so you have, you know, this this cheat sheet that you can come back to when you're experiencing these negative thoughts that are wanting to get you back to your eating disorder. So I want you to write down on this list your triggers and also your helpful distractions. So your triggers is obviously the things that you've noticed drives you to having these negative thoughts about wanting to get back into purging or whatever it may be. So almost you know what make a table on one side you're going to have triggers and then next to it you're going to have what you can do to redirect these triggers you don't have to put it in a table format just whatever is going to be the most visually pleasing to you that you can look at it and go okay that's my trigger and this is my solution so for example a trigger for me would have been looking in the mirror with intent to fault what i looked like especially around my stomach area so I would write down my trigger is looking in the mirror with negative intent, if I, if I have enough space for that. That's why technology versions of tables or writing things are good. And then so on the solution column, I can have multiple things, add multiple things that you know will be a healthy redirection. So 
I would put, for example, meditating or maybe going for a walk or, of course, reminding myself as to why my body is changing. It's changing because I'm starting to look after it. My body literally needs to heal. Your mind needs to heal. There is so much that needs to go on in order for you to recover. And that's a good thing. If you are noticing changes, that means that something good is happening. It means changes are being made. So don't fear the change. Love the change. So some of your redirection solutions you may notice may overlap. Like, so for a lot of my solutions, I would have meditation as a solution. But for some, there may be specifics that only apply to that one. Like, for example, if like a trigger for me would have been overeating and feeling bad about it. So in that solution column, I would have all of the stopping binge eating techniques that I've shared in that episode. So yeah, some, some solutions may overlap, but that gives you multiple solutions to go give a go and get familiar with. You're creating those healthy habits. Get familiar with the good habits. Another big habit that I talk about all the time is writing in your journal and just write about what happened, what you were feeling, what you can improve on, and also what you're proud of yourself for doing. And one of those things that you could be proud of is going to write in your journal instead of going and purging because you're in a bad place. De-escalate your thoughts by writing it out and expressing it. It is so helpful. Go call up a friend. This could be one of your solutions as well. Go call up a friend. Go for a walk together. Go do something fun together. Have a solution at the ready. Have this note of solutions versus triggers page at the ready so that you can look at it when you go to these negative thoughts. All right, and avoidant tip number three is to have regular meals or to not starve yourself and eat a big meal. I talk about this a lot more in depth in the stopping binge eating episode. So honestly, literally all of my tips that I have in the stopping binge eating episode apply as a point of avoiding relapse. But it is important to have regular meals and to not starve yourself when you are hungry because then what you're going to do, or at least what I certainly did, is overeat when it comes to your actual meal time. And this is because you've starved yourself and you can't hold out forever. You need to eat. So the more you starve yourself and get your stomach to this starvation mode, you are going to overconsume because you're so hungry and you're just like eating as quick as you can because you're trying to stop feeling that hunger. Fair enough. But what you do, if you have even more smaller, more balanced meals, you can avoid the stage of starvation where you overeat. And that overeating feeling is what's going to lead you to feeling guilty for eating. So consistently eating is actually going to help your mental and physical health because you're not going to feel as bloated and you're not going to feel as guilty for eating because you've just controlled the amount of food you're eating and also not starving yourself. It's probably not the best feeling, at least certainly for me, When I feel starving and my tummy is grumbling, I'm like, oh my gosh, food, food. And we love food. I love food so much. It tastes amazing. And if I can have that more frequently, then fuck to the air. Just do it in a healthy way where you're not trying to starve yourself for a reason as well. Because that is also a sign that that you're not really satisfied with yourself and your body. So that needs to be changed. So don't starve yourself. Do not get to that starvation mode that you overeat and then you feel guilty because that is going to lead you down the road of the eating disorder mindset of wanting to vomit. 
The next point is to have a good support system. It is so important to have supportive people around you that love you and care for you and want to encourage you to improve. Have good role models around you. You want to be inspired and inspiring. So surround yourself with inspiring people and be an inspiring person. And so these supportive people could be your family, your friends, your your partner, or even your professionals like a doctor or your psychologist. I know it can be difficult to reach out and express that you're struggling, but it is important that you feel safe and that you feel like you can trust someone to open up to. So yes, it will be a difficult conversation to have to talk about your struggles, but it is good to have a support system where you feel comfortable in doing so. The next tip I have is to reduce the negative influences. I think you might have an idea where I'm going with this. Well, honestly, it factors into a lot of part, but the first bit I'm going to talk about is your social media influences. I've talked about this before and I'll say it again. Get rid of, unfollow the people that you look at, you start negatively comparing yourself to, and you feel bad about yourself. Besides the fact that not everything you see in the media is real, Either way, it should not take away from you the love that you should have for yourself and the respect that you have for yourself. Everyone is different. No one is the same. Not even twins are the same, okay? There is differences. So especially if it's going to come down to your body that you were comparing yourself to and you're making yourself feel bad for when you look at it, unfollow it. As easy as it may seem to just click that unfollow button, maybe you will find yourself still searching them up to have a look or whatever, like this influencer, I don't know who it is, anyone. And it is making you feel bad. Like, why are you looking at it? I get it. I've done stuff like that before where I've looked at influencers and I'm like, oh, if only. But no, love what your body looks like, okay? Don't search it up. Have that control. Don't go out of your way to put yourself down. That would be if you've unfollowed them and then you search them up anyways. And just just, just delete them. Unfollow them. They've got plenty of followers. They don't need your follow, especially if it is putting you in a bad place about yourself. Okay? Get the fuck rid of it. It is not helpful for you. And I'm sure that there is someone or s- some people that you can think of right now that you're following that isn't helping you. Like, look, I'm sure they're beautiful. I'm sure they're awesome, but I'm sure they also would not want you to have to put yourself down so they have an extra follower, okay? It's not as important. Put yourself first, please. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Unfollow. Now. Literally pause this episode and unfollow them all. Anyway, there could also be people in your personal life that you notice bring you down about your weight or just, you know, your body's changing. <laughs> Interesting. Shut up. I mean, once again, they could possibly not mean any harm and they're just noticing changes and they're pointing it out. And yeah, maybe you know that they don't mean any harm and you can, you don't owe telling them that you're recovering from an eating disorder. None of their fucking business if they're not who you want to tell and they don't, you don't trust them. But if they are someone that you know actually has good intentions, then just let them know that, yeah, I am. What the fuck of it? No, I don't say it like that, but just just say, yeah, yeah, I am. But I'm also like working on myself. So there you go. I'm trying to make more healthier choices. All right. So can it just say something like that. Avoid the yelling. And then if it's people in your life that just generally put you down, then why the fuck are they in your life? Say adios. Say sayonara. Say see you the fuck never. And get rid of that. You don't need that in your life. Because remember, you are the average people that you spend your time with. I don't know the exact quote, but you become the people that you surround yourself with. And you don't want to become in a negative mindset because of what you're being fed by your own influences and surrounding people. That is up to you. You do have that choice to make. And that person that you're thinking of right now, if you are, that's the person that you shouldn't have in your life. Could be that influencer. Who knows? The point is, get rid of whatever negative influence it is. It is in the title. It is influencing you. The next tip I have is to find new interests or you can call them distractions. Things that you can go to when you're getting to that negative headspace and just the bad thoughts, the bad juju that we want to get rid of. Go try many things. It doesn't even have to be like if you're on a budget, you don't have to go and try all these crazy money hungry things. If you wanted to do a clay class, for example, just go get the cheap clay and do it at home. Or, I mean, if you can, go do the class. It's up to you. Just go. I don't even know where this clay example came from. Just just whatever it is, go experiment. If you want to go learn how to walk, I mean, if you want to find an exercise that you enjoy doing, you can try walking. You can even, you know, you can try a gym, get a really, really cheap membership, try whatever try class do 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 the youtube 
classes. Those are free. You can do it at home. If you have to buy a, a $5 barbell, no one's even mentioned anything about it being too expensive. But I'm just saying that there could be some people that can't afford going and trying all these crazy things all the time. So try to find that way. You, you will find the way. And it doesn't have to be a sport. That's, I think, where the clay came from. If it's some sort of hobby that you want to pick up on, try all these different things. Experiment. Think about things that you like or that you enjoy seeing and give it a go. Step out of your comfort zone. Unlock a new talent. Unlock a new hobby that you thought, like, go go find a horse and ride it. Maybe that one you'd have to do as a horse riding lesson. Oh, my gosh. I once fell off a horse that I was on for five minutes. It decided I was doing like a horse riding camp. I don't know what it was. I didn't camp there, but I it was like a, a day ride of horse riding. I don't know. And in the first five minutes, my horse decides to go and fuck off to the Netherlands and took me with it. Like everyone, every horse was walking and a trotting, if you'd like. And mine just decides to gallop. And I'm like, what the? F-? And I held on as long as I could. I really, really did. And then I fell and I still have a mark from it today. This was like over 10 years ago. Anyways, thank you, horse. And the instructor was like, I'll carry you back to camp. I'm like, no, I'm like, tragic. Anyway, that's a fun thing about me. The point is in this point that we are finding new interests and new hobbies and things that will take our mind off the negative thoughts and you'll start to redirect it. And, and hey, by the way, meditation is also part of this section. That can be your new hobby. It's certainly mine. Whenever I'm anxious, I'm like, guess what time it is? Meditation. And if you don't have that much time to do a full-on meditation, do that two-minute one that I'm always saying. It's called fuck that meditation. I've sent it on my discord. The point of finding these new interests is that it will keep you motivated during your recovery and just to put yourself out there again after all of this isolating feelings and positions that you put yourself in because of your eating disorder. It's time to put yourself back out there and it's time to redirect those negative thoughts. See ya. And the last one is making time for yourself. But in saying this, I really mean self-love. So go check out those two episodes. This is all squished into this one point, okay? The importance of self-love and making time for yourself to do what you enjoy doing meditation comes into this again I ensure that I get my two two half an hour meditation sessions every day even if I'm on the brink of passing out on the couch or in my bed I will still meditate because it is that like it it is my non-negotiables because it just makes me feel so much calmer and so much less anxious so I just and every time I do it I feel better and greater and now it's literally as common as me brushing my teeth So make that time for yourself every day to do the things that make you feel better, that make you feel calmer, and that make you feel happier. All right, now to get to some relapse triggers. Kind of like the warning signs, kind of not. We're going more into the transitional periods and certain periods of your life that will make things more triggering. So this is where people get more triggered. So if you're the loved one of someone that is struggling with an eating disorder, has begun their recovery journey and could possibly relapse, keep these times in mind as well. But of course, if you're the inspiring healer yourself, these are also things to just keep in mind of. Once again, doesn't mean it's going to happen to you, but it's just, it's good to be aware. 
So these transitional periods include starting or ending school or university, uh, starting or ending a job, starting or ending a relationship, moving, you know, moving house, moving cities, moving countries, that'd be fun, Um, becoming pregnant, having a baby or becoming a parent, weight changes, especially if it's associated with your physical health or pregnancy. But doesn't mean it doesn't happen in other fields, don't forget. Another trigger is having a physical injury or lessened mobility and also or also a traumatic event. So now what to do if you relapse. Remember, always keep strong. This is not a forever thing. It is a temporary setback. It does not mean you can't get back on track. This is a learning experience and you will get something positive out of this. If you remember to look at these situations as a learning experience and pick up on what you can improve on and find those triggers, everything we just talked about before. Because if you find those triggers, that can actually help you finding that trigger and working on it so that when it comes around next time, you're like, all right, I know what you are. You're my trigger. Thanks for being here, but I've learned what you do and I've learned how you do it. And I'm going to say, see ya. I see what you're doing there and I don't fucking like it. So I acknowledge you. I know you're around, but I'm sending you the fuck away because I figured out who the heck you are and I'm prepared for you. So see ya. Go away. Insert your redirecting solutions over here. Wow, I sounded robotic. That was interesting. So remind yourself that relapsing is okay and it is a chance for you to pick up on that trigger and improve on it. If you relapse, try not to focus on the fact that you relapse. Instead, focus on finding your way back to recovery. Identify those triggers and learn from it. If you relapse, seek help from your support system or professionals like the doctor or your psychologist. Come listen to some of these podcast episodes. Remind yourself about why you were doing this and that And that there is never ending possibilities for you as long as you believe in your strength and your capability. Never, ever, ever give up on yourself, okay? Go take part of things that make you happy. Go focus on all of those. Oh my gosh, did you hear me say go? I said it like the no. I hope you know what I'm talking about. Please do. You know how like on TikTok and stuff, everyone loves the Australian accent and they're like no no I I absolutely love H2O so 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 much I still watch it to this day I was a pro at mermaid swimming you have no idea I did it in swimming classes an example like the teacher was like wow she's good at the worm It, it was without the the hands you know how they put it above their head if if you haven't seen H2O just add water it's an Australian show and you will love it doesn't matter what age you are I swear how cool are their tails it's so cool Anyway, my sister once said that she met someone from H2O and I cried and it turns out it was Charlotte and if you know, you know, I stopped giving a fuck and I was like, I mean, at the time, you know, I didn't really identify that she was just an actress, but I was like, who cares? But when she said just she saw a H2O person, I was really sad because I was worried it was Cleo especially or Phoebe Tonkin as she is in real life. But yeah, anyways, that was a a random sidetracking thought. But please go watch that show. That is my recommendation of the week. So work on all of those self-loving tips. And one of the most important things that I do want to mention is to not be hard on yourself. 
Take it as a learning experience. If you bring yourself down, you are going to discourage yourself from trying again. So the way that you talk to yourself, we're going to go into self-talk in a second, is so crucial at this time. So to get into the self-talk, if you're going to say things to you like, wow, I did exactly what I thought I would do. I failed. What was the point of trying? What did I think I could achieve? I failed. I knew I would fail and look where I am, right back where I started. What a fucking failure. I don't deserve to try again. I just, I deserve to feel shit about myself because clearly I cannot recover. If you're saying this, first of all, you just took a page out of my old self textbook. But also, what a wrong answer this is. Incorrect, wrong, no deal. Go away. This kind of talk is only going to make us feel bad about ourselves and, as I said, discourage us from wanting to try again. Who the heck would want to try again if we've just put ourselves down for trying? Trying is awesome. If you're going to step out of your comfort zone, do something that is out of your norm and bring it into your norm because you've tried. It is so much better to try, learn, improve and try again. They're never trying at all. You don't ever want to go through life thinking, what if? So just just give it a try. Keep on trying. If you try, there is no chance of failure. Only chances to learn. And sometimes these thoughts may come instinctively to you, like very naturally, because it's how you've talked to yourself for so long. So if your head starts to say things like this, redirect it. Go meditate. Go remind yourself of everything good that you are and that you want to be. Go say you're grateful for us. Go give yourself a compliment. Redirect these thoughts so that every time, every new time that you start to have these negative thoughts, you become quicker at catching yourself out for thinking a negative way. Because the more you say something, the more that you feel it, and then the more you'll believe it. So the more that you catch yourself out when you have these negative initial reactions, and the more that you redirect it, then it will slowly turn the other way where you're quicker to say more positive things at times where you especially need it. And then soon enough, your head will go straight to, okay, well, this happened, but I can improve on it. And what is it that I've learned from this? So remember my example of what I just said before about, yeah, fuck, what's the point of trying? What about this? What sounds better to you? Okay. I'm about to say the example, by the way. Okay, so I've had a temporary setback. I vomited because I overate because I realized that I starved myself all day. So I overate and I feel a bit sick now and it's making me feel guilty. And what did that do? That led me to vomiting. So what is it that I've realized from this? I found my trigger. It was from overeating and that happened because I starved myself. And what's something that I could do right now to make myself feel better? I'm going to go and meditate. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to do something that's going to make me happy. So what, what have I learned? I've learned what my trigger is and I've learned what makes me feel better. So how can I improve next time? I can improve next time by listening to my body, listening to my stomach when it's growling at me for food and just give myself some nice healthy food that makes me feel good and eat it and not starve myself so that when it comes to mealtime, I feel fucking so hungry that I've overeaten. And if in the moment you're really like 
just freaking out, very anxious, understandable, go meditate. Go straight away, do that thing that you know makes you feel better in the moment. For me, it would be in meditation. Ali, or insert your name here, I'm so proud of you that you decided to think about what it is that caused this and how you can improve. I'm so proud of myself for not beating myself down, but instead trying to lift myself up. I'm so unbelievably proud of myself for getting this far in my recovery journey. And if I can get this far, I cannot wait to see how far I can get next time. Now knowing something that triggers me back into my old ways. But that's not the direction I'm heading. It is a temporary setback. I can do this. I'm not going to give up on myself. I am thinking with love and trust in myself, for myself. I know that I can do it. I believe in my strength and my capability. I know I can do it as long as I keep trying. And I've learned something from this and I will improve on it. And I will be better next time. I will be even better every single time that I try something new. So I'm going to go do something that makes me happy. And I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to write in my journal things that like what's happened and how I can improve and what I'm proud of myself for. And I'm just so proud of myself for being in a space where I can catch myself out from this negative spiral that I was about to send myself down into. But I chose to beat it, to fight it and to call it out and say, fuck off. And here I am now. I love myself and I'm so fucking proud. What sounds better to you? The one that made me smile whilst recording it or the one... That just sounded like a shithole altogether. So what sounds better? The one where you're just beating yourself down, discouraging you from ever trying anything ever again? Or the one where you're like, okay, this is all right. If you talk with a positive and learning outcome, you're going to build compassion for yourself. You're going to build a healthier relationship with yourself where you lift yourself up rather than putting yourself down. You're going to learn how to forgive yourself and how to reach your goals and focus on your recovery rather than your temporary setback. So self-love is so important. Self-talk is so important. Change that self-talk and you will change your life. Put that on a bumper sticker. So to get back on track, you're going to figure out what you learned, what the trigger was, of course. Write in that journal. Wouldn't it be amazing one day to be able to look back at this journal and think, holy shit, is that how I used to think? Is, was those my initial reactions to things? Did I really start putting myself down like that? <laughs> wow, I don't even remember that because I'm in such a different headspace now that that is barely a distant memory. It is so far gone from how I see myself now and how I respond to situations. Like, how cool would it be to be able to read this journal and think, who the fuck is this fictional book about? Wow. And then realize, oh shit, that was me. But look at all this work I have done and now look how far I've come that I don't even recognize this initial behavior. It will happen one day if you keep up the awesome work and you keep investing in yourself. So if you relapse, I want you to tell that person that you feel safe around. You go into as much detail as you feel comfortable with and you just tell them, that you're struggling again and just explain what happened, that you had a relapsing moment. They care about you. They will want to help you. They are there to support you just as you would for them, I am sure. Be around those inspiring, encouraging and supportive people that love you no matter what. 
and remember your worth and remember that you are more than enough and that you deserve to feel good about yourself and to love yourself and to feel like no hope is lost when you have a temporary setback. Like, make sure it's clear that it is temporary. Don't think I've had a setback, I suck, I suck. No, it is temporary. You will pick yourself back up, you will learn and you will try again and you will get a step closer to your recovery goal. If you can achieve that, who knows what else you can achieve? You are so capable. Just believe in yourself and never, ever give up on yourself. There will be times when you're feeling down. There will be external events that you may not be able to control that could happen to you. But what you choose to do is in your control. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this in a podcast before, but but a quote or like a story that I really, really like really just shows you the difference between controlling your outcome. So uh, the story goes something like this. There are two sons. Their father is an alcoholic. So one of the sons becomes an alcoholic. The other becomes a, a businessman that has a loving family and a happy life. They were both asked as to how they got to this stage in their life. And do you want to know both of their answer? Their answer was both. It was because of my dad. Let that sink in. They, I mean, I think it's really deep (laughs) when I heard it the first time. It's just like a known story kind of thing, I think. I was like, whoa, true. Try to remind yourself of this in all of your moments of self-doubt or where you're feeling hopeless or that all this shit is happening to me, there's nothing I can do. No, we can't control what happens to us. Not all of the time, but we can control what we do about it. So remind yourself of this story when you feel like there's nothing you can do. Your reaction is in your control. Your outcome is in your control. We can't control external events and people and factors, but we can control what we do about it. And that's why it's so important to learn and improve. It will make a difference between these two sons in the story, for example. And if it helps as well, have that accountability partner. This person, when they notice that maybe you're looking a bit funny at your food or at yourself in the mirror, they can pick up and be like, stop. Or just whatever you discuss between yourself that you'd like them to say to you when they pick up on it. Obviously, they don't have to be watching you like a hawk. But if they notice it, they can help by being your accountability partner by just calling out what they see. It will help you catch yourself out in times that you may not even notice because you're used to thinking such a certain way and performing all of these habits that you're on autopilot mode. But you can get out of that. So it will help if you have an accountability partner. But also, of course, and more importantly, you should try to catch out yourself. But if it helps, ask them to help you just spot it out when they see it. And of course, we want to improve our body image. It is time to start having body positivity, okay? Go listen to that episode. Go listen to the self-loving ones. Go listen to the Stopping Binge Eating podcast. And go do things that is going to fill your day and fill your mind with love and happiness and motivation because you deserve it. You deserve to feel this love, especially about yourself and for yourself. It is going to take time to get there if you haven't felt it before, but you will get there. And in times like relapsing, this is the time where you need to be there for yourself the most. Because I understand, especially if you haven't felt that self-love and motivation that much before, 
why this is an opportunity for you to beat yourself down for trying something, trying something new. You stepped out of your comfort zone. You can tell yourself that you tried and this is why you don't try things because you quote unquote fail. No, you did not fail. You ah, I can't express it enough. Stepping out of your comfort zone is a difficult thing to do and such a strong and courageous thing to do. So don't look at it as you have failed, okay? You have learned something, you have tried something, you did something that you're not familiar with. So how could you fail something that you're just trying and you're trying to learn and improve on? How can you fail? It doesn't even make sense. Did you fail the first time you you fell after you walked the first time as a child? Did you fail the first time you tried to pronounce a word when you were reading? No, you are learning something. You're trying something new. Always strive to try something new. Always believe in your capability. You can do whatever you set your mind to. So if you have a relapse or you're in a relapsing period right now, do not give up on yourself. This is a time for you to realize your triggers and how you can improve on it. And most importantly, to cheer yourself on for trying something and for stepping out of your comfort zone. That alone is so much to be proud of. So never, ever stop trying and thinking that you failed. Fail. Get rid of the word failed. Get rid of the word fail. Get rid of those influences. Get rid of those triggers. Learn from everything that is bringing you down. And I cannot wait to see just how far you will go. I know that you will go so far. Think of that journal that you have where you've written in every time you've been in an anxious place where you can one day in the future look back on and see your journal and your thoughts from that day in the future, your today in the future. Look towards that moment with optimism about just how far you've come that the fact that you can look at this old way of your thoughts and not even remember feeling that way because you've worked so hard to get to this new stage. It won't be easy, but it will be something that you can turn around and reflect on and think, I did that. And I did that because I never gave up on myself and I started believing in myself. And look how strong and look how brave and look just how courageous I am now. And who knows where you'll be? You'll you, You'll be one of the wonders of the world. You'll be something so incredible because you kept trying. So really, in the dark times or your times of struggle, these are the times that will determine where you will be. So choose to love yourself, choose to learn from it, and choose to believe in your strength and your capability. Because you know, I hope you do, and I know for sure that it is there. Go find it, go chase it, go live it. Okay, that's the end of today's episode. I hope this has helped change your mind on the whole relapsing stage. If you're in it now or you're worried you could be in it, don't fear it, but learn from it instead. You can do it. You are so strong and you are worthy and deserving of love, especially from yourself. Okay, never forget that. Okay. As always, it's such a pleasure and I love recording these podcasts just so I can share things that I wish I knew to hopefully help improve your life and your well-being and just how you see yourself and grow that self-love. We love self-love. So remember that it is always okay to ask for help and it actually shows your bravery. So always remember to think with love, to think with trust 
and to build and work on that moment that you can look back later in your life and think, wow, did I change my mindset and who did that? I did that. That's fucking right. Okay? So sending all my love and you know what time it is. Say it with me and remember to eat with Ali. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 